When you attend a conference or convention, you don't go to listen to our next guest. But as a professional MC and facilitator, she is the glue that holds these events together, smoothing the way for speakers and the audience to get the most out of the event. Yvonne Adele used to be a Miss Megabyte and had a 10-year run explaining complex technologies in plain speak on the Today Show. Graham Kemlo, who worked with Yvonne in the IT industry, speaks to her about her job and they found they both have a connection to Bill Gates. You know, when you go to a when you go to a conference or you go to a meeting, you don't actually go to hear Yvonne. You go to hear a keynote speaker, you go to network in the coffee break, but the glue that makes events, conferences and meetings hang together is the MC. Yvonne Adele is a highly professional MC. Uh, I've known her for, as I said, for a number of years. We've worked together on radio previous to this. But I wanted to talk to her because it's an important role, the, the person who is able to make a meeting work. So, Yvonne, welcome to Travel Riders Radio. Thank you so much. Good to speak to you. It's lovely to have you there. You've been a star of stage and screen yourself prior to, <laughs> to uh, me bringing you back on the radio. Um, but you focus now, you really are focused now on your, on your MC uh, and facilitation work, yeah? Yeah, I always like to have three little uh, side hustles or, or hustles going because I'm also a, a marriage and funeral celebrant and I've got an online dress label. But my main, yes, my main event is the emceeing. Well, you were always very dexterous and, and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you used to have a few balls in the air, as I remember. But yep. um, you were Miss Megabyte. Let me just remind a few people about that. <laughs> um, you made it onto national television as somebody who plain spoke the, the world of IT, which was what we were both working in. So, uh, anyway, it's great to have you there, Yvonne. So, um, you, now, you're not only just doing um, MC work here in your hometown of Melbourne, but you're travelling around the country and you're even doing work overseas, right? That is right. Wherever there's a conference, I will MC it. <laughs> you're it. You're at it. How do you mm-hmm. get your gigs? Do you, do you have an agent or do you go and um, do you you leaflet under people's cars at MCEC or what do you do? <laughs> Nothing is beyond me, but uh, I've got, I guess I've got a bit of an unconventional uh, story, uh, origin story, I suppose, because like you said, I was on national TV as Miss Megabyte on the Today Show for nearly 10 years. And what happened there was that conference organisers would ring Channel 9 and ask for that chick with the red hair who knows technology Um, to come and speak at their conference because the tech conferences were quite male-dominated back then, still are today, really. Mm, And, yeah, so I would go and speak about technology, demystifying technology, automation, shortcuts, all that sort of stuff. And after a while of of sort of building up that profile, I got asked to MC events, and that's when I discovered, well, that is actually – the place that I want to be. That's what I'm really good at. You know, I'm a bit of a bossy boots and a bit of a control freak and I've got lots of energy and lots of colour. So those are the the perfect things for, for an MC, especially if you can add being professional to the mix. So that's how I that's how I sort of came into it. And because I was I because I had a TV profile, I had you know already the the personality to um to to, for people to know they wanted to book me. So the speakers' bureaus was an instant 
listing with them because they knew me from TV. And, you know, they can be very lazy because you'll find that if you go to a speaker's bureau website, you know, there's about 10 of them in Australia, you'll find that the front page is dominated with newsreaders, athletes, you know, someone who, you know, ate off their left arm to, uh, you know, get themselves out of a cave on a mountain, you know, something oh, like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's a bit um, dramatic, yeah, but go on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like this is called Triumph Through Adversity Speaker. And, um, you know, they, they've sort of, they make it a bit easy for themselves, you know. They just pick high-profile people. And so I guess I was lucky in that way. That's how I, I got my instant um, entree into the Speaker's Bureau world. And then when I was off TV for quite a while. Well, then the bureaus, I wasn't such a hot topic. It's like when a, you know, a new book comes out, it's on the shelves for the front shelf, you know, for, for a few weeks and then it's away. So then I had to lean on my reputation really. And there's a difference between a speaker's bureau and a management agency, whereas a bureau finds speakers for clients and a management agency finds clients for speakers. And so now I'm with an incredible group. There's only really two management agencies in Australia, and this one is called Leading Voice, and there's about nine or ten speakers. And, you know, it's a business development agency that we, we work very closely together to right. nurture existing clients and find new ones. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, yeah. we'll give you the chance to... Uh give everybody your URL later so they can just book sure. you directly. Uh, but yep. uh, uh, it is a fascinating uh, area and uh, I guess you probably stood out, apart from the flaming red hair, I, I needed <laughs> to add that adjective, um, apart from that, you were one of the very first women in IT. Uh, yeah, well, my article... Yeah, my article in Women's Weekly was the very first technology article ever in the history of the magazine in 1997. So, yeah, they, they, um, that's where it sort of started. And then I had a segment on um, Bert's show and Carrie Ann's show, and that's what led to the Today Show segment. And they were, in every single instance, it was the first technology segment that any of them had ever had. Right. And did you actually, were you a STEM student at school? I was just naturally, I just had a natural affinity for, we'd, there was no such thing as STEM students back when, you know, I'm 55. So there was mm. no such thing as any kind of IT in, in school or anything like that back then. It was just, you know, and if you were lucky, you got an electronic typewriter instead of, you know, the one that you prefer, Mr. Camlo. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Well, you get to hit the courage return with your actual I love hand. The, and I love the cranky old Remington. That <laughs> served me well. In fact, I've still got one. I've still got I an Olivetti that's been through about three world wars and a, and a coup. Um, I knew it. Yeah. But my mum was the typing teacher at the local primary school. I grew up in Port Hedland. So, you know, any technology stuff that, that came was just so exciting. And I was the, the one that just devoured the Commodore 64 and the Vic-20, you know, and so then yeah. I would take the computer apart, put it back together, learn all the tricks, and, and, and I was always about automation. So that's where I got my first love of all of that, was that mum got the tech before anyone because she was the typing teacher at school. Fantastic. Yeah, and then um, I, I moved to Sydney when I was like 20 years old and decided that I wanted a job at Microsoft. So I just kept ringing them until I beat them into submission. <laughs> <laughs> and now they're, now they're hassling the rest of us to pay you back. That's right. Yes. Um, anytime I don't need Windows updated, it seems to want to update. And, That's it. You know that just locks everything down. As you, it's as probably you, a scam. It might be a scam. Maybe it's mm-hmm. maybe it's a Chinese premier instead. I don't know. <laughs> yep, it's a Nigerian anyway. prince. Yeah. So tell us, um, what's been your most interesting or fascinating job as an MC? Hmm. 
I guess when anyone asks me the, the sort of the best or you know something like that, I, I just worst, instantly. Yeah. Th- yeah. Well, yeah, I can tell you the worst, but the best is usually it com- first thing comes to mind is the Las Vegas events. I I emceed the retail global e-commerce event for a few years in a row in Vegas before COVID, and that was the first time I'd ever been to Las Vegas. And there's a guy that that owns and runs those events called Phil Lay, and he was one of the biggest and best eBay sellers back in the day. He had like DVD and memorabilia shop, and I interviewed him on the Today Show in like 1990 seven or something like that Mm -hmm. and we were friends ever since and then he started this e-commerce conference and I emceed them every couple of years and then he asked me to emcee and speak at the Vegas ones and honestly the it, it just changed my life in so many ways because I see places like Vegas like I'm a I'm a person who when I'm getting taken somewhere for a a a corporate gig like a, a speaking engagement I will always go one two or three days before and stay the same afterwards. Like I have to use the opportunity to explore that city, that town, wherever I am. Sure. And so the same thing with Vegas. I went a week before and stayed a few days later, but I'm not the sort of person who experiences the Vegas that you see on TV. I'm not interested in drinking, gambling, smoking, all that stuff. I'm interested in people, bright lights, busy cities, that sort of thing. And as it turned out, I became really good buddies with the person who plays Dean Martin in the Rat Pack show that's been going for years and years and years, like 20 years at the Rio Hotel in Vegas. Um, I was such a fan of his work when I saw the show. I went back to my room and started Googling him to, you know, follow him and sign up to his Facebook and his Instagram and all this stuff. And he had he had absolutely nothing. He had nothing. I was going to spread the word. stalking, isn't it? It is. It is called stalking. And, I mean, it gets worse because he didn't have any of these things. So then I, I sent him a message on his email on this one-page website with two lines on it. I sent him an email and said... I'm such a huge fan. If you ever wanted to have a Facebook page and, you know, build your email list and all this, I'm a social media expert, like I'd love to help you. He yeah. phoned me. He actually called me. And wow. next thing you know, I'm setting up – before Cameo came along where you can pay celebrities to do a message for you, I set up this whole thing for him right. where, we, you know, people could pay to get a Dean Martin birthday message for their mom or whatever and set up his – his Facebook, his Instagram, his, you know, one-man show tickets, all this stuff, and we became really good buddies. And so, you know, that that's what I think of when I think of best gigs. I think where did they lead and how deep did they go and, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, I hope Vegas he sang us an appropriate song for you. He has. Can dedicate <laughs> one to you? He has done happy birthday messages for me for many years oh. and during COVID he did like a little private show for me and whoever I wanted to invite to a virtual link. It was so good. Oh, that's and cool. he, he's like, I've, I've seen people standing in bars where we've been out for drinks just looking at him like they're, like they're going to almost faint. They think that Dean Martin has come back from the dead. It's incredible. His, his name is Drew Anthony. If you want to look him up, you'll okay. see what I mean. Well, I used to go to Vegas every year for a thing called Comdex which was a huge computer show. It got so big in the end that it sort of ate itself. Um, It was trying to be everything to every man. The thing that brought it down, though, was the final year I went, they they used to use the seven biggest hotels plus the convention centre. And if you stayed a week, it went for about 10 days, if you stayed a week, you were lucky to get around and see everything because it was just so huge. Mm. But Sexpo went in there, took over a, a hotel... And sent the bus around to pick up all the Comdex delegates and bring them to the <laughs> to where the girls were 
flaunting their bits and their pieces. And so <laughs> after that, there wasn't much interest in Comdex. The IT, uh, the IT bubble sort of burst. But anyway, well, I Well, you should have merged the two events. Well, maybe they should Comspo. Yeah, something like that, yeah. In the Sex end, the man, the man who owned it, uh, Sheldon Adelson, sold it to a fellow in Japan, SoftBank in Japan. But mm. uh, it was a big event. I met Bill Gates there. I interviewed Gates in his hotel room. That's he sat cool. on a fluffy pink stool under the mirror, and I sat on the end of his bed, and I was trying to do a radio interview, and he rocked like a savant. Just oh, you know, God. in and out of my in and out of my tape recorder range. So oh was, no! Well, there's something we have in common. I've, it's unusable. Uh. I've I've met Bill Gates as well because I worked at Microsoft, and he, when yeah. he came to Australia for the very first time to visit his little outpost in Australia, yeah. there was I think 27 of us working there, and I was in tech support, and we took him on a harbour cruise. Yeah, and um, everyone got to meet him because there was only 27 of us, you know. And I, I'm chatting to him, and you know, I'm you know what a chatterbox I am. And at one point, he said. You're from tech support, aren't you? <laughs> like he just knew that he all the chatterboxes were perfectly. from tech support, exactly. And yeah. I said, "Look, I just want to know what do you do in your spare time?" And he said, "I read quantum physics manuals." Oh, that'd be right. <laughs> I was like, "Way to shut a conversation down!" Like yeah. you know. And then I find out. So I got off at the first stop. There were two stops where you could get off the boat. I got off at the first one, and then I found out the next day that somehow some of the others that were still on the boat had convinced him to go night clubbing before they got to the second stop. So they had a great night that I missed out on. Oh. We had no mobile, no mobile phones back. There wasn't like you could text no. everyone and say, turn up at the thing. That was like, I don't know when that was, 1990, I think that was. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. I, cre I credit Microsoft with my entire career, really, because that's where it started, where, you know, not only my, my love of tech was, was able to be sort of expressed and, and challenged and stretched, but also then the training in the, that I was doing in tech support then started to introduce me to that world of hosting and emceeing and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I mean, I, there's no way that I would have come up with the idea of, of Ms. Megabyte being a character to teach technology via national media if I hadn't have been doing the tech support and training at Microsoft. Mm. And, and the Ms. in Ms. Megabyte is a nod to MS, Microsoft. I hadn't thought about that, actually. Mm -hmm. I just thought she was an unmarried woman. <laughs> anyway, no, that's great. So um, you, now you do different things. Apart from emceeing, you also do facilitation. Do people understand the difference well, it's funny because when you think about it, it does what it says on the tin, you know, that facilitation is facilitating a conversation. And where facilitation can, can go right and go wrong is, is, let me explain where it can go wrong, which then leads to how perfect it can be. When someone is invited to facilitate a meeting, discussion or a panel, mm -hmm. Uh, and they include themselves as one of the panellists, that's where it, it can go wrong because the person tends to look like they're kind of hogging the discussion. The most magical kind of facilitation is either, you know, a roundtable discussion or say at a conference where there's a panel of three incredible experts and you are the facilitator and um, in, in the lead up to that, event, I will ask each one of those panellists to provide me with three things that I can ask them in the context of whatever the topic is that we've, we're, yeah. we're putting this panel up for that, that draws out their expertise. And I'll use those as starting points and I usually will let the conversation flow. But it's the facilitator's job to make it look like a flowing conversation that doesn't have 
standard questions that are on a piece of paper or anything like sure. that. But it's like, you know, oh, well, um, you've just spoken about marketing. That leads me perfectly into online search engine optimization. Let's talk about that. You know, so instead mm-hmm. of saying, okay, you've answered that question, let's go to the next one. Um, and the facilitator should be able to, you know, ad lib a few comments that wind up a conversation point that someone's making or um, ties things together and keeps things on theme. Right. So, have yeah, facilitation to, is, yeah, hosting a, a chat. Have you ever had to be a referee? Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I know what you mean and sometimes I will I, I will have to make things lighthearted if yeah. someone is disagreeing with someone else in, in trying to do it in a lighthearted way, which is normally what happens, but the other person takes offence. Yeah. So I'll say, well, we're going to have to take this one offline, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> something like that. Well, let's keep an eye on this conversation on Twitter, you know, something like that. So, yeah. Absolutely. So, um, obviously, doing a large convention as as an MC is a is a great responsibility. But I imagine some of the smaller conversations you get engaged in, whether it's facilitation or, or you know, whether it's a larger crowd than a than a small leadership group, say, um, they can be much much more demanding, can't they? Yeah, they can be. And it just depends on the amount of prep that I do. Like, you know, sometimes I might get asked to facilitate a meeting where a bunch of sales managers from around Victoria have come together and, you know, there's sort of three outcomes that they want. They want to make sure that they get brand new ideas for staff engagement or, you know, and they want to work out how that they can nurture client relationships and extract more dollars out of clients or something like that. They, you know, I will make sure that I know once the meeting is finished, what outcomes would you have hoped to have achieved? So that way I can sort of work backwards. Because I've got a background in creative thinking and idea generation as well. That was one of my talks before I sort of went full-time MC. I can weave that in throughout the facilitation Mm. that, you know, after each um, item on the agenda, I might say, now let's just take a moment to use a little brainstorm technique to extract ideas based on what we just saw. And so at the end of the day or the end of the half day, whatever the, the meeting is, we end up with this incredible list of ideas and then I can facilitate a little action plan so that we make sure the ideas don't, you know, disappear down the drain. Right. So yeah, it it can be it can be more draining, but it also makes it easier if you put in the work beforehand. I find oh, I understand. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Now, you also work one to one. Pardon me. If people are looking to uh, have more confidence in their public speaking or to even, you know, get up and make a speech yep. that they haven't been able to do before. That's an area where you also get involved, isn't it? Yes, I absolutely love doing that. And I just found that for years and years and years, I'm side of stage as the MC. We're waiting for one speaker to finish and the next speaker is standing next to me. Or they might have spoken to me, you know, hours before saying, oh, I'm so nervous. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I wish I hadn't agreed to do this. And I've just discovered that I've got this sort of three-part technique, you know, that just very quickly puts people at ease and makes them realise that it's not about them, it's about the message and a couple of mindful mindfulness techniques, even one like wiggle your toes. If if you wiggle your toes while you're speaking and your mind starts racing and you're starting to feel yourself heating up and your heart's, you know, your heart's racing and you're getting sweaty, you're recognising those triggers of anxiety. If you wiggle your toes, even while you're in the middle of speaking a sentence on stage, it brings you back to your body, into your present. And the amount of people, I mean, even as a marriage celebrant and funeral celebrant, 
this tip has been absolute gold for nervous and anxious speakers. So I've got this little framework that I help people with and then I can do that quickly at the side of the stage or in the morning tea break before the person's going up. But I can extend it to, you know, three-part Zoom coaching call for, you know, a female executive who needs to have a more commanding presence or, you know, stuff like that. Sometimes an event planner will say, we've got this subject matter expert we've been trying to get to speak and they just keep saying they hate speaking. Can you have a chat with them? And I've been really, really happy to, you know, work with people like that to get them up on a stage to share their expertise when they're the only one who can give that message. Fantastic. Well, I'm wiggling Mm. my toes as I speak to you. Good. (laughs) Um, Feeling a lot more relaxed, I must say. Yvonne, it's been terrific to catch up with you again. And if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Email? Yeah, you can go to yvonneadel.com. You can find me on Instagram and threads. I'm trying to disappear from Twitter at the moment, but LinkedIn, Isn't Yvonne Adele. Yeah. Yep, yep. Threads is great. I go, yeah, just go to Yvonne, Y-V-O-N-N-E, Adele with one L, and no, I can't sing like Adele. <laughs> A-D-E-L-E. Yvonne Adele speaking with Graham Kemlo. For more information on Yvonne, visit Yvonne, that's with a Y, Adele.com. So AvonAdele.com. This is the Travel Writer Show on J Air 88 FM in Melbourne.